This is the Extravagant Promises Podcast, and I'm your host, Gregory. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. This is a podcast about reckoning, redemption, and recovery. We share our experience, strength, and hope. Tonight's episode is the Round Hill Chronicles. And before I get into tonight's episode, I do want to tell everybody and kind of apologize because it's been two weeks since I uploaded my last episode. And I had every intention of recording five or six podcast episodes while I was at a place called Round Hill in Jamaica over the Thanksgiving holiday. And like the best laid plans of mice and men, as they say, you know, um, probably goes to show my my alcoholic tendencies and my my desire to try to overcommit to something or over ambitious. But you know, I was I was excited and I thought it would be a great opportunity to be real quiet and sit in my head and do that. But um, but alas, I didn't record a single one, and I'm okay with it. And I'll I'll explain that. A little bit later. Um, before we get get started on tonight's episode, I do want to say a couple things, as as I always do. Number one, um, this is not an AA meeting. This is meant to be a supplement or a compliment or just a a warm comfort or a candle in the night that illuminates your way. But here at the Extravagant Promises podcast. We encourage everyone to follow basic basic principles in your life if you can. Number one, don't drink. Don't use. Don't drink or don't use today. Number two, go to meetings. Number three, get a sponsor. Number four, with that sponsor, work the steps. Work through them again. Hold each other accountable. Um, number five, sponsor other men and women and help them stay sober. And in the process, you will stay sober. And you will find serenity. You will find that the promises come true. Number two, I am not a mental health professional. I am a, a professional and I have a lot of experience in the field of mental health as someone who has uh, worked throughout my profession and has been in the field of recovery as a uh, participant in that journey. But I am not a mental health professional and I am not a doctor. So please um, do not take any of the things I'm saying as a uh, course of mental health treatment or something that you should uh, supplant your own treatment with. Uh, I'd strongly encourage everyone to have a therapist, a counselor, a um, spiritual advisor in terms of Christian counseling or religious counselor, um, whatever uh, denomination you may be, there's something out there for you, and I encourage that. Third, uh, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all our traditions, and it is very important that we maintain each other's anonymity throughout this process. Um, I would love to hear your comments. And I would love to get to know you better on a personal level. Um, if we can reach a level of trust and uh, mutual trust, 
such that our respective identities can be shared. You can email me at the following address, extravagantpromisespodcast at gmail.com. And you can reach me at, at extravagantpromisespodcast on Instagram. And you can DM me, you can follow me, you can send me messages, comments, whatever. That's perfectly cool. And you can definitely, um, it won't, it's not hard to figure out who I am online, I'm sure. Um, but I do, I just ask, you know, with all humility and vulnerability that my, that my anonymity be protected uh, as best and that I not be doxxed or outed. That's something that I think, uh, you know, we, we, we really try to respect in, in the program. So, um, the final point is that this is, this podcast is free and always will be free and I will never accept remuneration or compensation for it. Um, this is a form of my service and, uh, just want to keep giving. So, um, thank you for all the supporters who offer to help. Um, there are ways that you can help and I'm sure we'll find ways to share that. But what I ask is that just, just spread the word. Let other people know about the podcast, and um, if you like it, please share your positive thoughts with me on whatever forum you can. If you don't like it, um, I certainly welcome constructive criticism. Um, I'm, you know, I'm human, so uh, you know, be gentle if you can, and, uh, but be direct and, and let me know. All right, so um, with that said, let's let's get on with tonight's podcast. Old pirates, yes, they rob I, sold I to the merchant ships, minutes after they took I, from the bottomless pit. But my hand was made strong by the hand of the Almighty. We forward in this generation, triumphantly. Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Because all I ever have, redemption songs. Redemption songs. Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. Have no fear for atomic energy, because none of them can stop the time. How long shall they kill our prophets while we stand aside and look? Oh, some say it's just a part of it. We've got to fulfill the book. Won't you help to sing these songs of freedom? Because all I ever have, redemption songs, redemption songs. And as I'm sure everyone knows, those are lyrics from the great, late Bob Marley and the song Redemption Song. And that's been one of my favorite songs for my whole life. I just have always almost gotten to a point of tears when I listen to some of Bob's songs and I am a, um, I love Jamaica for a lot of different reasons. And I just f- feel a kinship to the, to the spirit that's there when I'm, when I'm in Jamaica and I, 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 I go to a place of deep serenity and calm when I'm there. Um, ironically enough, um, you know, I think Jamaica in a lot of, for a lot of people, or sim is uh, 
synonymous with partying and, and alcohol and, and drugs. And, um, and really it's not for me at all. And I don't, you know, in, in the last several years when I've been down there several times a year, I've never even seen drugs there. I know that I could find them if I wanted to, I'm sure, but, but I've never seen them. I've never smelled marijuana, uh, in the villa where I stay, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a very, very humble, discreet and very, very, um, just serene place that I go there and I love it. And I thought that I would share Bob Marley's redemption song as, as we start off this podcast. So, um, trying to still keep it kind of old school in some of our, our, our discussions and, um, you know, one of the, the, the topic for tonight is um, kind of old school, but, but, but really about the boundaries in our life and in serenity and sobriety and in, gosh, family boundaries that surround the holidays. And I think that's what I'd like to focus on tonight and why I was in Jamaica. So... Um, as I've shared on my podcast before, you know, the holidays are a very tough time for me, not because it's like I went especially crazy or anything during the holidays or got in any trouble or anything like that, but instead it's because, you know, the family dynamics, um, I don't, I mean, I've had such great times on the holidays, but I also have had just intense, stressful, and traumatic moments, and I think a lot of people do. And um, and and we're through the Thanksgiving holidays, and we're coming up on the Christmas holidays. And a lot of you are going to be asking me, or asking each other, or asking your sponsor, how do I, how do I manage, how do I stay sober, how do I live sober, how do I how do I keep my serenity with so much insanity in in the holidays. I mean, who would have thought that the birth of Christ and the celebrations about our Savior or some people's Savior would generate so much commercial momentum, but also so much deep sorrow and loneliness and stress. I mean, God, the stories I've heard, the things I've witnessed over Christmas holidays, the things that I did in these deep stresses, just awful. Um, and, you know, so that's that's kind of where, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking it for tonight is like, so why Jamaica? Well, you know, you've heard the phrase, there, there are two reasons. And you've heard the phrase, if you don't want to slip, don't go to slippery places. So, you know, that's number one is don't go to slippery places. And for me, a slippery place was, you know, being around my family. You could say, well, I ran away. I was in Jamaica, ladies and gentlemen, alone. You know, I wasn't with anyone else. I wasn't with a friend. I wasn't with a girlfriend. I wasn't with a boyfriend. I wasn't with anybody. I was alone. Um... And it was weird. I mean, it was weird, but I've been alone a lot in my life, and I've traveled alone a lot in my life, and it's actually super cool just to know you can do it and 
you know, you're not, I wasn't tempted to drink at all. And, and, <clears throat> excuse me. So number one is, <clears throat> you know, number one is don't go to slippery places. And if you need to get to a non-slippery, a non-stick surface, actually, I guess you need to get to a sticky surface where you're not going to slip. I'm going to need to find a good metaphor for that. But but you know what I mean. If you need to run away from a slippery place, then run away. It takes courage to run. It takes courage to put the fists down, to put the bottle down, to put the anger down, and to just turn and take care of yourself and go somewhere. You know, that is sometimes the most courageous, most serene, baller thing you can do is just go, you know what? I'm going to go home, you know? it's like It's like that scene in Forrest Gump where he just stops running. And everybody goes, where are you going? What are you going to do? He goes, I think I'll stop running now. It's okay to run. It's okay to stop running. So the slippery place concept is one of the reasons I left. Another one is that is boundaries. You know, I just felt that I had, my boundaries were in jeopardy of being trounced upon by several different fronts, notably my ex-wife and my my parents, I have a very tenuous, troubled relationship with all those three people. Um, they have done me harm. They've meant me harm. I have certainly behaved in ways that deserve scorn and and derision, but I did not deserve some of the things that happened to me. Uh, I did not ask for it. I did not bring it on myself. Um. Or certainly, anyway, we can talk about that in a different podcast, and I've covered it before. But the point being, you know, I needed to be in a place where I was safe. I needed to be in a place where I was safe. And ladies and gentlemen, let me just tell you. Let me tell you about this place. You know, you come into Montego Bay, and... um and they, you know, you, you, you know, they got they they've got it kind of set up nicely there. They got a thing called Club Mo Bay, that's like a fast track through immigration and everything. And so you just, you know, if you got yourself set up, and it's not super expensive at all, um, <clears throat> but you get yourself set up on that, and then, um, and then they take whiskey through, and your driver's waiting there for you, and it's just, oh man, you just feel the island breeze, and you feel the the love of that country just just seep into your soul. The second you get off that plane, you get in that car and you're going. And then you come up to this, this you know, about half an hour, 45 minutes outside of Montego Bay, there is a, um, there is a property and it's, it's on this cove. I don't know how big it is, maybe 100 acres, maybe smaller, maybe 50. I don't even know, to be honest with you. I've never looked it up. It's pretty big. But it's walkable, you know, um, very easily, in fact. But it's a it's a hill. It's there. There, Jamaica's very hilly, and and it's a hill right on a cove, like a, a small bay, you know. So you've got this big bay, Montego Bay, and then you've got this little. It kind of juts out and curves back in. So there's this little cove, and right at the center of that cove is this hill, and there it's very hilly, right up to the walk to the to the water and in this particular property it's 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 extremely well cultivated and um it's pristine it's old school very proper 
very English feeling, very like 1960s uh, uh, Slim Errands. If you look up Slim Errands on Pinterest or uh, Instagram or the interwebs, you know, you'll see these cool photographs and look up Round Hill. And it's just super cool. And um, and it's it's a beautiful place. And it's just so magical there and discreet. And um, and I love it. So let's turn for a moment to touchstones. Get some keep our old school theme going here for November twenty seven. The simplest questions are the most profound. Where were you born? Where is your home? Where are you going? What are you doing? Richard Bach. As we examine our personal answers to these simple questions, we find profound truths about ourselves. We may have been born in more places than the place of our biological birth. Some of us might say, I truly was born the day I first felt the nurturing love of another person in my life. Or, my life began on the day I stood up to my father. Most of us began new lives when we walked into our first meeting to begin recovery. If we think about where our home is or where we are going and what we are doing, as spiritual questions, we may find some comforting answers. Perhaps the place where we find rest, peace, and comfort is our home. That may be in a moment of meditation rather than in a physical place. If we are headed toward a manhood of self-respect, the problems of today are only challenges along the way. As we simplify our lives and let the truth be on the surface, we, found profo- we find profound meaning. And it finishes with the prayer of today I will keep my attention on the basics in my life. But listen to what that's saying, ladies and gentlemen, in terms of like what I'm preaching <laughs> or spouting on about in tonight's episode. You know, Most of us began new lives when we walked into our first meeting to begin recovery. I mean, I know that's true for me. I don't know if it's true for you, but it certainly is for me. My new life began that day. You know, when my friend Eamon, who you've heard from, said, I'm worried about your drinking, and he said he'd go to a meeting with me, boy, my life, my life, it was it was pretty down, that's for sure. But... But it, but it turned around. But think about this, or where they talk about when you say, where are you born? You go, perhaps the place where we find rest, peace, and comfort is our home. And see, that's what I think is why the, why the holidays are so hard for people. It's because of the image of what you think you're supposed to be. You know, it, look at Norman Rockwell paintings. Look at Tiny Tim. Look at... Look at all of the, you know, it's a wonderful life and all this stuff. I mean, you know, George Bailey isn't sitting alone. I mean, when things go bad, he's sitting in a bar. Guess what? Yeah, he's drinking. He's doing stupid stuff. And he's about to kill himself. But, you know, and we can dissect that great movie uh, maybe along the way here. But um, but more importantly, it's like Donna Reed and the kids and the family. And, you know, there's old Uncle Billy screwing stuff up. But, of course, you know, because he's just kind of the lovable lush or whatever. You know, it's, it's, and, and it's, it's not like, hey, you know, maybe all those expectations of what it should be, you know, a case of the shoulds, you know, and, 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 and you think, you know, you don't have rest, peace, or comfort 
in the holidays around these people who some of whom have tormented you, some have ridiculed you, some have beaten you, some have humiliated you and 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 spat upon your soul. How on earth can you find rest, peace, and comfort with them? But you're supposed to, and you're supposed to put on, hey, you know what, put on that smile, don't drink, don't eat too much of that, don't drink, you know, and, and, and keep it all together. Okay, hey, you know what? No, you do not have to do any of those things. Go where you find the rest and the peace. And that's what I did. And that's why that place is sacred. You know, it's just very simple it's it's very nice and luxurious, but it's not super plush like you might think. It's it's just very elegant and simple and and people are polite and you know, it's Thanksgiving, so they're going to have they had like a Thanksgiving buffet, but it wasn't like some big because it's not an American country. You're outside of the country. They don't celebrate Thanksgiving, you know. And um most British related or Commonwealth countries, you know, they're not super fired up about us and Thanksgiving, I would suppose. But, but here it was just really kind of cool. You know, you could be, you could just be you, you know, you could be safe. And that's the, that's the biggest thing is I was safe. Um, I was, I was a place where no one could hurt me. I could stay sober. I could, I could be within myself, you know, and, 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 and I was safe. And because I was safe, it was like a new life beginning when I go there. You know, we talk about that safety. We talk about that comfort, that peace in the, in the rooms. And why you have that, you know, that place where you first went in the rooms and you're like, man, I love that room. I mean, it could be some dingy basement in Manhattan or it could be some church, church, you know, side room off of wherever in the country. But when you know this, like you're first, you were safe there. And when you're safe, you're at peace. And when you're at peace and you have that comfort and when you have those things, you have, you have, you have a sacred serenity. That's, and, and you're, and, be, and because guess where you are? You're home. You, know, you think about that song, Salisbury Hill. I love that song, you know. My heart going boom, boom, boom by Peter Gabriel, you know, he was talking about a spiritual experience that he had on a hill called Salisbury Hill and somewhere in England. Um, Grab your things. I've come to take you home. You know, my heart going boom, boom, boom. You know, I've come to take you home. What is home? Oh, home is where the heart is. Yeah. I mean, there's expectations, longing, you know, everyone else's drama. Sure, you know, it can be. But I would submit that home, that new life, that is the, where you first had a birthday, where, you know, you can have multiple birthdays. Peace, rest, comfort, home. So that's why I went, you know, and I told people, Please don't bother me. I was available to those who really need me, and um, you know, I didn't want to. I didn't want to have the expectation of, you know, well, gee, it's Thanksgiving, Dad. Why aren't you over here? Or, 
um, oh, son, like, you know, lay it off. You know, you're, you, things are fine. You're just faking it. You know, have another drink. You know, no, I didn't want any of that. I wanted to be answerable to myself and to myself only. I didn't want to slip. I didn't want to emotionally slip. So I protected myself and I left the country. You know, like I said, you know, you can, it's like when the going gets tough, the tough go to Jamaica. Um, and, uh, and that's what I did. So, you know, again, in the keeping it old school, living sober chapter two, staying away from the first drink. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. I did that last time and I felt like I, I kind of droned on a little bit. So I'm just going to read, you know, a few highlights from that chapter. Expressions commonly heard in AA are, if you don't take that first drink, you can't get drunk. And one drink is too many, and but 20 are not enough. Oh, man. Amen. When I was drinking, you know, I was, a, I was, I was, I could drink. You know, I could put it away. And I, there was a phrase that, you know, it'd say like, um, what was it? One's just right, two's too many, and three's not enough, you know? And that was to martinis. And I remember one time I was, I'd been in Italy and I told my best friend, um, who I, I really do want to have on the podcast. And I told him, I said, man, I drank 13 martinis last night. <laughs> and he said, you know, do you think you have an alcohol problem? And this is 25 years ago. I was at some swish, you know, Peter Duchin, uh, Bobby Short, you know, uh, uh, charity function in Venice, Italy. I thought I was the deal, you know, and I could drink and I'd, I knew which drink I was going to have at which bar and they knew me and blah, 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 you know, grandiose stupidity. Anyway, and I I just remember that like 30, I thought, well, I, I, I wasn't even drunk, you know, and, and, and he said, I think, he was just like, I, you need to, consider that, you know, we, when we, you know, of course we didn't and, uh, life went on, but you know, such repeated experiences have forced us to, to this logically inescapable conclusion. If we do not take the first drink, we never get drunk. Therefore, instead of planning never to get drunk or trying to limit the number of drinks or the amount of alcohol, we have learned to concentrate on avoiding only one drink, the first one. So, you know, to me, that that's you know again in the in the vein of keeping it old school here, and uh, um, going with the touchstones and living sober. I just thought that, yeah, you know, how do you stay? How, you know, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. How do you stay sober? Don't take the first drink. You know, just don't do it. How do you do those things? How do you how do you maintain your boundaries? You know, by maintaining your boundaries. And what does that mean sometimes? It means sometimes you have to do what seems to be rude. You know, there's a, there's a concept in psychology called behaviorism. And when you set boundaries or you set these, you reinforce your boundaries, you will get what's called an emotional storm from those around you who do not want those boundaries in place. They will storm against it. You know, you put up a wall against the sea, it's going to try to break the wall down. Why are you doing that? Oh, you're so selfish. Oh, you're so hedonistic. Oh, you're so, what are you doing? Are you, who are you with? What's his name? What's her name? You know, this kind of thing. You just can't believe that maybe you're, you're, you're doing some self-preservation here. 
you know, to just say, I'm scared. I'm afraid. I'm, I'm hurting. Um, I don't want to be scared. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to hurt. And I certainly don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize my serenity or my sobriety. <clears throat> so I choose not to. I choose to go and, and, and leave and go home and go to my home where I have that rest and comfort and safety and peace. Climbing up on Salisbury Hill, I could see the city light. Wind was blowing, time stood still. Eagle flew out of the night. He was something to observe. Came in close, I heard a voice, standing, stretching every nerve. Had to listen, had no choice. I did not believe the information, just had to trust imagination. My heart going, boom, boom, boom. Son, he said, grab your things, I've come to take you home. That's the first stanza of Salisbury Hill by Peter Gabriel. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. We are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. They will always materialize if we work for them. God, thank you so deeply for my sobriety and my serenity. And thank you for giving me the strength and the wherewithal to be able to go to my home. A home where I don't slip. A home where my serenity is sacred and where I feel rest and comfort and peace. And God, please, tonight and through these holidays, please help everyone out there inside the rooms and outside who are suffering who, who need a safe place, who need boundaries. Help them to find those boundaries and to set those boundaries and to enforce those boundaries for their spiritual health, for their sobriety, and for their serenity. Thank you, my higher power, for this, and please help the sick and suffering inside and outside the rooms. Amen.